I'm Autumn Lockett. And this is Mitch Randall. And you're listening to Good Faith Weekly. Welcome to Good Faith Weekly. On this episode, Autumn and I are going to catch up, then talk about some current events. And then later on in the pod, I'm going to sit down with Autumn because this sigh is her last episode with us at Good Faith Weekly. And we're going to talk about the last two and a half years of her time here at Good Faith Media. So it's going to be a wonderful pod. And then at the end of the interview, we're going to reveal who the new interim co-host is going to be. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great pod. Autumn, how are you this week, sister? Well, um, I realized that Donald Trump is under investigation this morning, so I'm actually doing pretty well. <laughs> That's exactly right. He is under investigation. So um, I don't know if you caught any of the uh, hearings uh, last Thursday night, I believe. It was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and the January 6th committee basically laid out what Trump was doing and what he didn't do during those 187 minutes uh, where the Capitol was ransacked. So it was damning, to say the least. Mm -hmm. It was. And I don't think any of us who have been looking at this with clear eyes are super uh, surprised by what's happening. But it is interesting to see it coming to light. And I'm also really interested to see how it has received this information. Right. I mean, for most of the attack on the Capitol, it seemed as though the former president sat in his dining room adjacent to the Oval and sat there and watched Fox News and just kind of watched it like a television show. Right. I mean, it was right. so I mean, dereliction of duty has been brought up. Uh, the DOJ is certainly under investigation or putting him under investigation now. So we'll see what Merrick Garland uh, and the DOJ does. But, uh, you know, it was it was interesting uh, watching the hearing because it was all about Trump. But there was a couple of times where the committee, you could tell, was kind of poking at some folks. Uh -huh. uh, one in particular was Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the senator, run, of course. Josh, run. <laughs> the senator, of course, prior to the insurrection and the attack on the Capitol as the mob was marching up Capitol Hill, raised in solidarity his fist with a stern look of affirmation. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. White power. And then uh, they showed video footages of him cowering inside the Capitol, running down the hallways. And there's a moment in the video where you see Holly cross uh, the hallway and the security card just kind of watches. <laughs> it's just just his head moves along with Holly. He's like, yeah, you fool. <laughs> yes. And like there are cameras everywhere. Like he had to know this footage was going to come out. Yeah. So what well, was interesting to me. The committee really didn't have to show that, but they really had to show <laughs> We're it. We're so glad. All of us, you know, folks who enjoy comedy and SNL and the like are so thankful that they did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, some other news uh, going on in Washington, D.C. this week is that the House, in an attempt to protect same-sex marriage, voted uh, pretty overwhelmingly 20, uh, 267 to 157 with 47 Republicans joining the affirmative vote as they voted on uh, protecting marriage. And it was very well received by a majority of the folks. And the Respect for Marriage Act is now being sent to the Senate, where the Senates are really quiet about it and not mm -hmm. sure what's going to happen. Uh, I would be surprised if it doesn't pass, though, because there are some 
uh, even conservative senators who are supportive of this. Yeah, I'm excited that they may be codifying this. And, you know, of course, as a female, I'm a little frustrated that they aren't codifying birth control and access to those kind of things. But I'm not going to let my uh, grumpiness about being a woman interfere with my celebration for our friends um, in same-sex relationships that they're going to get some protections and for their children as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be interesting to see how that bill makes its way through the Senate. But what I found interesting about the House vote was one particular congressman, Glenn Thompson, a Republican for Pennsylvania, voted against Mm -hmm. the act. And then that very weekend goes to his gay son's wedding and is proud as punch Mm -hmm. of his gay son. I mean, this is just the absolute caricature of the conservative party. It's okay for me, but it's not okay for thee. Yeah. And and they're trying to, you know, enact moral laws that they themselves don't even follow. Right. I mean, it reminds me, you know, of some guy 2000 years ago that uh, stood up and stood up to power and said, you hypocrites. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. I think there's somewhere in, in scripture somewhere. that says yeah, that. Uh, some some guy, you know, beard and yeah. you know, walked around. Mm-hmm. Not a surfer. No, not a surfer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, again, I, I do hope that the bill gets to the president's desk and he signs it codifying that, but you're right. This is only one issue that is under attack because the, the latest Supreme court decision in the Dobbs case, uh, overruling or repealing Roe v. Wade and, uh, with uh, Clarence Thomas publicly saying that we need to revisit some of these laws and precedents. And so, uh, hopefully we can get this done and get others done along with them because uh, the rights of all Americans are in jeopardy at this point. They're definitely in jeopardy, and I'm thankful for the eight brave Republicans who did vote to codify um, access to birth control. Um, and it's just really terrifying that people um, would try to legislate access to health care. It mm-hmm. just does not make sense. Yeah. Well, um, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, Johnny Pierce, our, one of our great colleagues here at Good Faith Media, wrote a wonderful piece uh, this week entitled, Jesus Drew the Curtain on Performative Religion. And that phrase in itself, performative religion, I thought was so interesting. Oh, he nailed it. That's exactly what it is. It's the, was it the Pharisees that would like pray really loud on the street yeah. corners? And Jesus was like, what are you doing? Well, they're back out there, Mitch, and they've mm-hmm. got red hats on. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, you know, I, I just he did it, such a, a brilliant job in the piece, you know, talking about all of this. And I remember uh, a sermon I heard one time by Tony Campolo talking about a lot of the issues that fundamentalists and right-wing theologians and politicians are concerned about are called low-sacrifice issues. And what he meant by that was that, like abortion, it doesn't cost them anything to be against abortion. Right. It doesn't cost them anything to be against uh, same-sex marriage unless they have a daughter who gets pregnant or have uh, a gay a child. But it, in all intents and purposes, it didn't cost them a whole lot. And so they rail against these things until those things happen to them, and then they... They don't even find Jesus. They just go do it like this uh, the representative right. from Pennsylvania. 
And so it just seems to be so performative, and it just it's really disheartening. It's like sometimes they're Christians at us. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's Christians like if you if you're really being a Christian, you don't have to tell somebody. Right, you show them. That's what Jesus did. Yep. And if you have to be performative and tell people how brilliant you are and what a good businessman you are, then probably you aren't. <laughs> That's exactly well said. I don't know who you're talking about there, but uh... I don't either. <laughs> Uh, well, check out that uh, column by Johnny Pierce. Uh, it uh, was uh, published on July 26th. It is very well written. Uh, Jesus drew the curtain on performative religion. And so uh, make certain, you know, check your religion, because we all need to check our religion at times, make certain that uh, our actions are following our words. So. Right. and they're squaring with our Savior. Yep. There you go. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I'll have the link to that article in our show notes as well. Okay, great, Don. Well, Autumn, this is it. This is it. This is your your last episode. Yes. So when we come back from the break, you and I are going to talk about your two and a half years here at Good Faith Media. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tyler Tankersley, Senior Pastor of Ardmore Baptist Church, and we invite you to join us for our newest podcast called Speaking in Parables, where we explore the stories that Jesus told and how to apply them to our lives today. You can find more information at ardmorebaptist.org slash speakinginparables. Welcome back to Good Faith Weekly. On this episode, we've got a guest who needs no introduction whatsoever. Well, you could go ahead and introduce me. Just because I don't need it doesn't mean I don't want it. <laughs> she is the Executive Director for Development and Marketing for the last two and a half years at Good Faith Media. She has done a spectacular job laying a great foundation after Good Faith Media launched in 2020. And she has recently been called as the Director of Admissions at the University of Oklahoma College of Medicine. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, put your hands together. They can't see my jazz hands. <laughs> this is so sad. Uh, it's, that's not good for radio. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, put your hands together for our very own Autumn Lockett. Well, it's so good to be on the show with you, Mitch. Um, I've been really hoping you guys would call me as a guest. So thanks so much for having me. And I just feel like I need to apologize to everyone in the progressive faith community because I am actually kryptonite to industries. Really? So let me explain what I mean by that. Okay. So I started working um, in like elementary ed right around the time that the state of Texas really drilled down on standardized testing specifically for English language learners. And guess what I was teaching English language learners, how to write creatively. (laughs) And so I'm like, well, okay, this is not ideal, but I didn't know any different. So here I, I worked and, and did, you know, did my work for three years. Then I joined up with law admissions, right. And, um, right after the recession and the bubble burst of 2008 and basically LSAT takers nationwide cut in half the year that I joined um, the law school admissions community. Um, 
Kryptonite again. Kryptonite. So yeah. then I joined with this progressive faith space, which honestly we had already fallen out of the ditch because Donald Trump was president. <laughs> right. And I've removed my filters for this episode in case you wondered. <laughs> yeah, um, yep, I can't do anything about it now. <laughs> what are you going to do? Fire me? <laughs> um, I have like the day this release is my last day. So I, I joined Good Faith Media um, January of 2020. Right. When we were all sweet summer children. Yes, we were. Did not know what was coming. We were so naive back we then. We were. Um, and, and then the pandemic hit and like the whole entire world changed. And so I am a little nervous as I join a new industry and it's healthcare related. I'm like, Oh Lord, what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> so all you doctors up there in Oklahoma city, make certain to hold on your uh, stethoscope or better. <laughs> There's another one for the blooper reel. And you guys, there is a blooper reel. There and it's is a coming blooper eventually. Uh, uh, I, I'm not even going to attempt to say it because I know I can't. Steth- yeah. Hold could, on to those could things. Could you for me just say obstetrics? Obstetrics. Hey! Every time we have Viva Vicencio on, I'm like, here we go. Here I know. Go, I know. Go. Well, it's it's just that it, it doesn't roll off the tongue with her last name. There's so a lot of consonants. There's a lot of consonants. There are. There. So, yeah. So, my two and a half years at Goodbeath Media have been incredible. Um, I sort of felt like... I did whenever uh, Josh and I found North Haven, the church mm-hmm. where we met you and Missy and so many other amazing humans here in Norman. And I did it. Okay, know- okay, so let's stop right there for a okay, second. Let's do it. Because some of the listeners may not know how you and I met. I so- accosted you at your graduation. <laughs> so as please, I want to do. Please, please ex- expand on that. Yes. So I've been teaching elementary school for three years while my husband was in seminary at Truitt. And unbeknownst to us, you were working on your demon. That's not a demon. Um, <laughs> well, there's a lot oils. of people out there that think I'm a demon. <laughs> yeah. So his doctorate of ministry at the same seminary at Baylor, Truitt. And so on the graduation day, we were so excited. We were there with all of our family in the chapel. But because you were graduating with some like highfalutin degree, your name was on the front cover and it said where you were working. It said like in Norman, Oklahoma. Well, Josh had just been recruited to go to law school here and we were moving to Norman and knew no one. We knew no single person. And I was like, what are the There were like four people on the cover and one of them was from Norman. And so I looked at who it was when you walked up to get your cords or ribbons or I don't know, whatever new. It it sounds straight out of the South, but I got hooded. (laughs) Yes. And live to tell the tale. Exactly. So he got hooded. I watched him. And so then I like looked where his family was cheering and air horns and, you know, your boys were really raucous as was Ava. And so then I found you guys in the courtyard and I was like, Hey, we're moving to Norman and we're going to be friends. And she said it just like that. I sure did. I sure did. And I was right. You were, you're absolutely right. So those were fond memories and, uh, Autumn and her family came and joined our church, uh, here in Norman, Oklahoma. And then, after I became executive director for Ethics Daily and then CEO of Good Faith Media. Well, you left us. Well, I did leave. You abandoned us at church. <laughs> and it was dire straits. And I was postpartum with Ingrid and I was a hot mess express. And I thought they were moving. And so... Uh, so yeah. one day, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there. <laughs> Nobody knows about the merger between the two historic Baptist organizations and the creation of Good Faith Media. And out of the blue, I get this phone call. Take you can take her from there. Yeah, well, because when you left us, um, all of my friends left me at the same time. All my my whole team at work disbanded, and it just the whole culture of the office at the law school changed. And so I called you in frustration one day on my lunch break. I was driving around trying to drink a sonic iced tea and calm down and cool off. And I called you and I said, "Are you hiring?" And I said, 
maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was shocked because I just really wanted you to talk me down from my ledge. I tried to call Missy, but she didn't answer. Actually, professionalized offices. So it wasn't just professors admitting people on on their side. They wanted someone dedicated to building an admissions and recruiting strategy, philosophy, sort of start to finish. Like, what's this going to look like? How can we make this student centered? And, um, so I did that. And then, um, they would like for me to do the same thing at the med school. Basically. That's awesome. And so, yeah, I'm really excited. I know nothing about medical school. I've been trying to figure out, you know, what the stages of the MCAT are and it's, it's a lot different process, but there's still students who sure. need someone focused on them. And that's sort of my goal. Well, as I've said many times before, say it again, we're so disappointed that you're leaving us, but we're so happy for you. This is a great opportunity and the university is absolutely uh, fortunate to have you uh, on their team now. So, well, let's talk about the first two and a half years. I mean, you came into this world. I mean, you knew a little bit about it, uh, being a member of North Haven for so long. I knew the four fragile freedoms. <laughs> Would you like to cite those? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, so let's talk about uh, just, did you have any, were you nervous about coming to work for a faith-based nonprofit? Uh, what, what was going through your mind at that time? So I'm never smart enough to be nervous about what I'm jumping into. <laughs> I wish I were. Um, I wish I had a little bit of an Enneagram six in my head, but I don't, I just jump fully and I'm just, I just let the excitement sort of carry me. And I was so excited to work alongside people who I felt like were just unicorns, people who loved Jesus, but also wanted to see social justice mm. and, um, getting the chance to meet folks at all different age spectrums in that space, getting to work Black Lives Matter rallies with you, getting to amplify the voices of people in really meaningful, intentional, professional ways. Zach and Cliff and Johnny and Bruce, everyone does their jobs with such excellence. And I feel like we really were able to elevate the voices in a way that honored their message, Absolutely. which isn't always done. And I knew coming to work for you that it was going to be excellence only like you don't I had a youth minister once who always said like we don't do crap like, if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it well and I, yeah. I knew that that is a caliber of work that would be happening at good faith media I was proud to come alongside and um no I wasn't nervous at all I Good. knew that we would be a, a powerful team together well you've done such a great job here and we have there's been a lot of water under the bridge I mean you know we were launching this thing we hired you prior to the launch of July 2020 and as we were preparing to announce the merger COVID hit mm -hmm. how has COVID played a part in your ministry here at Good Faith Media I mean none of us saw that coming no, um, I think our ability to be nimble and pivot to a real focus on podcasts when you guys had been real documentary and filmmaking based, I thought that showed a lot of, um, just entrepreneurship really and innovation with all the staff sort of like, well, I don't really know how to audio edit, but I know how to video edit. And it's sort of like that. And in a time when, a, when businesses were and organizations were faced with either just completely falling apart or becoming stronger and changing and evolving, we didn't, again, we didn't know any different. We were a brand new organization. We're like, well, I guess this is how we're doing it. And so um, it was really incredible to see everyone and just the talent pool is so deep at Good Faith Media. And I think it's something that is a real treasure. 
Well, thanks. Well, I can remember us talking about uh, the launching Good Faith Weekly and when the we were pand- on an airplane to San Antonio. <laughs> That's right. I was exactly. like, you know, NPR does this like weekly digest. What do you think? You've got this honey voice. You don't announce soccer games anymore. Let's put it to use. Uh, and so we started, we started putting our heads together and we came up with Good Faith Weekly and we had that first, uh, the first couple of episodes. We were actually doing two releases per week uh, because there was so much going on yes. and we really thought it could be the end of the world. And so it was, it was really, really uh, stressful at the time, but uh, wow, good times uh, during those, during those difficult times, there were some good times as well. There were some really good times. And I think that voice of hope continuing, you know, our family went through a lot uh, during that time, having a medical fragile child. My husband lost his job. I mean, things were really dire sometimes at home and we were really sick of looking at one another, but being able to come into good faith weekly, come into staff call and see the faces of people who were also struggling, but had a different, you know, sort of flavor of hope was, was really life giving. So what is the one thing that surprised you over the last two and a half years? If you just, it was unexpected. I will never get over the shock of seeing a a boomer white cis man say something like Black Lives Matter. Mm. It just shocks me every time. Mm -hmm. And I continue to meet these folks. I continue to meet people who are like, I know I look like I should think this, but actually like I'm giving faithfully towards your ministry because you are amplifying a voice that needs amplifying. I just, I continue to just be so surprised over that and encouraged over that. And especially to hear the people when they tell the stories of their like salt to Paul moments when it comes to social justice and that there is hope out there. Absolutely. What was the most meaningful moment for you? Oh, there've been so many. Um, You know, I think I've met so many incredible people. I think Corey Jones Mm. really just has my heart. He is someone who, um, he just has this quiet, gentle way of explaining where he's coming from in a way that doesn't make you get your heckles up, doesn't make you feel like you're being attacked. You know he loves you and knows where you're coming from, but he can just gently push you to be better. Mm. And I think, I mean, he's, he's the real deal. And meeting him has been a highlight. Yeah, absolutely. What issue over the last two and a half years just really bothered your soul and inspired you? And at that moment, you just knew you had to do more. Oh man, so many things, <laughs> so many things. I think, you know, listening to voices like Sky Perryman and Jen Vivacencia talk about um, abortion care and listening to Jen's salt to moment. I'm sure right. used to be an anti-abortion, uh, you know, a, a pro-lifer with the, with the picket signs. And now she provides abortion care and from her Catholic faith is able to really be strong. Um, if she can be strong, I can be strong, you yeah. know, and I think another thing that has really been tricky, an answer that I haven't found yet, um, is watching the church, capital C and lowercase c, manage these past two and a half years Mm -hmm. when they'd already been sort of floundering since 2016, 2015, leading up to that election. And and I don't know where we go collectively. I don't. And it's, it's hurtful and it's sad and it's hopeful and I, uh, I'm really holding space for our ministers, all of them. Yeah. You know, you and I have had uh, 
you know, conversations uh, off air about how this work can um, have an influence on your faith. Mm-hmm. Over the last two and a half years, I mean, you've been working in an organization that's really trying to make a difference in the world where faith and culture intersect. But you can't deal with these issues without the work affecting you. Mm-hmm. So how has it affected your faith? That's a really loaded question. Um, I am the kind of person who runs straight to therapy anytime I feel things starting to come up that don't square. When my emotions don't match the situation, mm-hmm. I know, uh-oh, <laughs> it's time to do some more work, Autumn. So uh, last July, I planted myself back in therapy and uh, with someone who specifically um, is an expert in religious trauma. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us collectively have experienced some religious trauma, even if it's not from our own religion, just it, it's been happening, especially these past two and a half years when literally trying to keep your children alive became a, a polarizing political issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and the faith, not fear, all of that kind of stuff happening. And it's, I think it's really um, forced me to be introspective about my faith. And it has forced me to look within and see like what my own spirit is saying. And um, it's given a seeing so many people of faith doing this kind of hard work, making a difference, even though sometimes it feels like a glacial pace of a difference um, has really inspired me to see that we all have light and we've got to do our darndest to keep it shining. Amen to that. I love that. Thank you so much. Because this work, I mean, it can, it can be daunting. Um, you know, and people ask me all the time, you know, how do you stay positive? How do you stay upbeat? And I f- simply say, Liquor. I don't. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't. I mean, you yeah. just don't. And, you know, and I've been very open about, you know, my journey and struggle with this because, I mean, you're dealing with such topics that you just, you want to shake your fist at God. And what I find out is he's shaking his fist or she's shaking her fist back at me and we're struggling this t- together. And, but it, it takes a toll. It really does take a toll, but you also run into people who are doing great work and who are inspiring, like you mentioned a moment ago. And so, uh, well, I think you have done a brilliant job over the last two and a half years. And I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. And this first one, and I hope, I hope you know the answer to this because I know I know the answer to this. Do you feel like you made a difference? Well, it's never enough. Yeah, sure. You know, it's never enough. You wanted to like set the whole world on fire and have a campaign with Patagonia and like take over the whole entire universe. Um, I feel like I did. I feel like it's, but it's not enough. Mm. And it's, and it's just frustrating. Would you say there's more to tell and more to do? I would say there's more to tell. And that's why I plan to stay involved with you all and encouraging you all and supporting you and writing and um, any kind of, I can roll t-shirts, whatever you guys need me to do, I can do. I believe in the work. Um, my my separation from the org is, has nothing to do with um, my doubt for the vision and sure. the goals. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I think I think there are, some folks who will hear this and I'm saying to you that it is your turn to take up the baton. Mm, There you go. 
There you go. Well, before we make a big announcement, I got one question for you, and that is leave us, or actually, it's a request. Okay. Leave me and the listeners with some hope. Because you can look at the world and it feels like it's burning, and this summer it feels like it's literally burning. Yeah. But we know that there's hope out there. So what gives you hope, Autumn Lockett, as you look into the future? This is going to sound so cliche, but I honestly look to the natives. and You do know that you're not going to work here after today, so you don't have to kiss up anymore. <laughs> no, I am, I am so serious with this. When I look at, and let's just talk about COVID. COVID has been, I think we've said COVID more than Jesus on this podcast. <laughs> That would be an interesting study. We should count it. I'm pretty sure. If we were to do a word map, COVID would be in like 17 point font. Jesus would be in like seven. Um, look at look at the way the tribes in Oklahoma mm. embraced the people who colonized them, mm-hmm. provided them with life-saving inoculations when they didn't have to share. Mm. And if the native people of Oklahoma can respond that way and continue to be such a source of good in a place they didn't want to be in the first place with a bunch of people they didn't want to be with in the second place, then I can keep getting up every single morning and doing my best. I love that. Well, that does give me hope. Thank you so much. Well, Autumn, it has been a sheer honor to work beside you and to host this podcast with you for 126 episodes. <laughs> a lot of episodes know, of right? editing. And I, I listened right. to all those twice. I participated in them and then I edited them. I know, I know. I know. So how many is that? What's double of that? I'm yeah. not a math major. <laughs> 252. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, but you are going to be leaving us. And so we have scoured the entire globe. Mm -hmm. There's no replacing you. Well, (laughs) it only goes up from here. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we are ready to make an announcement of who is going to be our interim co host beginning next week. It's Mike Pence. Mother, is it okay with you? (laughs) Mother agrees. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, so do you want to give us a drum roll? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, beginning next week, I want you to welcome to the Good Faith Weekly family, our new co-host, interim co-host, Missy Randall. Hello. Hello. Randall? Tell me about that last name. (laughs) Right? He's saying he did a global search. I would prefer to call it a housewide search <laughs> for the next co-host. A tumbleweed rolled through the living room with some Missy. That's right. We ran into each other in the hallway, and then here we are. Uh, that's right. Well, Missy, we're excited about you joining the team next week. Uh, we've already got a lot of interviews scheduled over the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, how are you going to fill these shoes uh, that Autumn's leaving behind? Well, (laughs) if Autumn was the rainbow sparkly unicorn of the duo, I am going to be, your sky is falling. (laughs) She's an Enneagram six, ladies and gentlemen, and she's here to six all over your day. That's right. (laughs) But in the best caring, loving way. That's right. right. I'm going to let you know all the reasons that things cannot work. 
Right, yeah. And all of the reasons I don't you want You know to. I have 26 years of experience doing that. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say as a potential and future audience member that I would appreciate both of you wearing pants during the interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know you're empty nesters. We have to keep things professional. That's right. That's exactly right. I'm excited right. about y'all's chemistry. I think it's so fun. I think you were the probably the only other woman in the world who can keep him in line. <laughs> Uh, no, we're really excited about it. Uh, we've been recording some test shows uh, prior to next week's uh, release, and uh, we're, we're pretty excited about everything that's going to happen. So, Well, if this just gives you one short um, example of the difference between Autumn and I, when we were on that plane ride to San Antonio and Autumn suggested doing a podcast, that was the time I learned that she would never be allowed to sit in the middle seat between the two of us because the two of you together terrified me. (laughs) (laughs) So within, you know, a day of getting back, we were in uh, the office with recording equipment set up. Autumn is definitely um, the Peter in the disciple group. She is going to jump out there in the water um, and figure out how to do it as we go. And you always throw me a life raft. Thank you. <laughs> me, on the other hand, am on the boat lining out all the reasons this is not going to work um, before while she's, you know, halfway across the lake. And so that's one difference. So in light of that, I have forced Mitch to um, record a, a couple of test episodes with me because I have to make sure I've got footing and can make this work I'm not sure that I'm convinced yet, but we're going to see how it goes. <laughs> so are you worried about, I mean, we're going to be talking about some really, you know, dicey issues. I mean, how's this going to be for our marriage? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> the audience is going to get to come along for this ride. That's right. It could so you be want to fun. Stay tuned each and I every mean, week. What could go wrong? Maybe we need right? to have like a, a something to measure, you know, the success of our marriage each week. You know what? Maybe that's it. We need a, a gauge. Like the tornado zone. Like, <laughs> like right. what, what's the tornado threat today? <laughs> there you go. We're at level three, folks. Barometric <laughs> pressure measure here it's in the orange. office. It's orange. It's level orange. So it'll be interesting. One thing I, I will say and just kind of watching this particular episode unfold is that autumn is way nicer to you when you interrupt her so this is going to be interesting going forward i've worked in academia i'm used to men talking over me. oh oh okay well <laughs> at least he has good intentions that's right that's right so, uh well we're excited about you coming on board missy we are very sad that autumn is leaving us but uh autumn just uh as the ceo of an organization but more so as your friend we love you. We thank you for all that you've given this organization. Uh, decades from now, this organization is going to be better because of you and what you did. So thank you for the last two and a half years. It's been fantastic. Thank you all for the opportunity. Well, Autumn, for 126 times, you have asked this question to our guest, but we all decided before the episode that we're going to hand this off to the new co-host. So Missy, Hello. take it away. So, Autumn, as you're aware, our tagline here at Good Faith Media is, there's more to tell. In light of all we've talked about today, and in light of everything we've been through in the last two and a half years together, what's your last word and more to tell? My last word and more to tell would be, you have to take care of you. No one else is going to take care of you. Take care of you first. It's not selfish. And then expend all the energy you have left in taking care of everyone else. 
That sounds a little like what Jesus said when he said, love your neighbor as yourself. So yep. what a way to end your time with us here, Autumn. Again, thank you so much for all that you've done and given to us. We love you. I know the listeners love you, and we wish you and your family the very best as you set out on this new adventure. Until next time, keep living good things. There you go. 